We have far too many counties, more than half of the counties, that do not have any type of health care facility for prenatal care, period. If a woman gets in distress in these counties, they've got to get an ambulance or try to drive to the closest hot place where they have an emergency room. Welcome in, kiddos. Another fantastic week of your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics, this week with Josh Moon and David Person. How are you, David? Man, I'm good. It's a good day today. Yeah. Sun is shining, and it's a good day today. The sun is shining. Uh-oh. Uh, no, it's not, it is, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been good. I've, uh, You know, I meant to ask you. And and we can get into this a little bit now because we got time. It's our podcast. What do we care? Right. Um, I was meaning to ask you how how much attention have you been paying to the uh, NBA playoffs? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Me, me as well. Me as yeah, well. Yeah, I've been paying yeah. a lot of attention. So my 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 team, my my uh, my first team, or uh, you know, is the Warriors, and they're out. Unfortunately. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but I like I like the Lakers. You know, I've been a Lakers fan since uh, at least since the Magic Johnson days. So yeah. you yeah. know, I, I like the Lakers. I like LeBron. Um, yeah. and uh, they play good ball. So I'm I'm watching them, and I think this this uh, this uh, this tug of war they're in with Denver is going to be fascinating because the Joker is wild. That yeah, guy is man. amazing. He can play some ball. He really he's, can. We had twenty two rebounds last night. Yeah, fourteen yeah. assists, and it's uh, he is. He, I mean, can't as somebody said. I heard somebody describe him the other day as somebody who couldn't jump on a curb uh, because he can't. He's got no hops whatsoever. But he's still what seven feet tall and yeah. uh, and can. Uh, I mean, can pass like crazy. And mm. yeah, no, I'm 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 a I'm a LeBron fan and and have been for for quite some time. Uh, ever since actually, I was a LeBron fan when he was at Cleveland. Mm. Then I lost a little flavor. Yeah, you know, I lost a little love when he when he did the Miami thing. I didn't okay. I didn't care for that. I didn't okay. I didn't I didn't like the way he handled it. I didn't like the uh, the ego that kind of went along with it. I thought mm. they handled that very poorly, turning themselves into villains basically. And mm. um and and then when he went back to Cleveland, though, I, you know, I got back in. And I've always respect. Now I'll say this: I've always respected LeBron as a human being. And oh man, I he's felt amazing. Like the, yeah. the way his story is just one of the more amazing American stories that we you could ever tell. It's kind of like the the Barack Obama story. I mean, it's such a. I mean, you know, it's such an inspiring story to, to people. Uh, a guy with a high school diploma who's now yeah. a billionaire. Yeah, this start yeah. there. I no, mean, just start and, there. Listen, you Single can say. Mother. Oh, he's a oh well, he's a great basketball player in the NBA. But no, that's not that's yeah. that's maybe you know yes, that's got him his foot in the door. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downplay uh, right. the popularity and things and, and how because he's such a his star athlete and stuff. But um, he doesn't he doesn't make the money that he makes. He doesn't become that sort of a star without the the behaviors and things that he exhibits and mm-hmm. as a guy who grew up with nothing mm-hmm. uh to to you know he married his high school sweetheart you mm-hmm. know he's married you know he got the kids seems to be a fantastic father to those kids yeah um you know follows uh Bronny around has has always followed Bronny around to all of those little AAU games and mm-hmm. things that he plays he's standing on the sidelines cheering and whatnot mm-hmm. you know it just is such a 
it's such an important visual, I think, for uh, mm-hmm. so many people, uh, oh, yeah. white, black, everybody, you know, to see that level of engagement from from a father and 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 the love that he shows them all the time, just openly. It, I think it's such a such a really important thing, and not to mention all the community service work and things. So, you yeah. know, I'm very happy that they have advanced. I hope that they beat Denver four uh, one. Um and uh, and and move along. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but looking, uh, it's looking based on based on the game, it, <laughs> yeah, they were down twenty one, man. But you know, that's the end. They fought their had way a, back. You had know, a three but, to tie. You know, yeah. had a three. To, LeBron had a three rim out to, for the tie, and yeah. uh, and that's it. so. You know, we're we're looking at a whole different game that goes in, and uh, but you know, I, and I look. It, that brings me to another good point, though, because there's something else I wanted to bring up. As, you know, the, as much of a star as LeBron is because of the way he has behaved himself, watching what Ja Morant is doing to himself right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well. You know, man, uh, what are you doing? You know, there's an old saying. Uh, well, it's, a, it's an appropriation, I think, of another old saying. But uh, basically, uh, it's you can take. You can take the boy out the streets, but you can't take the streets out the boy. Or yeah. you can't. You can take the boy out the hood. But he's but not even that guy, though, right? He's he's not even well, that kind of. He he was a private school kid, right? With a uh, you know with a with a mother and father that that loved him at home, and well, you know, culture is insidious, man. I mean, uh, believe me, I you know I went to and I and of course I'm not street. I mean right. that's pretty obvious, but but but. You know, you can be street adjacent. Yeah. And when yeah. you grow up in certain environments, uh, you, you kind of by default street adjacent. I, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, right. two parent family, went to church school, which is private. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there were kids at my school, man, who were coming to school high. There were gangs in the neighborhood. I mean. There's plenty of opportunity, you know, when you're in certain environments, there's plenty of opportunity for you to get exposed to things that compete with the values you're being taught at home and at church. And so you may not be in the streets, but it's still possible for you to be of the streets or to be street adjacent. Well, it, it seems as though he has a deep desire to be viewed as someone with mm-hmm. some street cred, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with that, that seems to be his, his desire. I mean, this is, you know, it, uh, the kind of the way it's not, and it's not just the stuff on Instagram live, which I mean, at this, <laughs> I saw, I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, uh, every, every time somebody pulls out a, a camera phone around, uh, Jean Morant and is that scene from, uh, uh, the what's the Chris Tucker Jackie Chan movies? Um, oh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour, yeah. When, when he's on the bus and he's posing with a gun. <laughs> you know, hold on, hold on. Uh, and it's just you know, and and it's just you know, he's got to get off Instagram Live first of all. I, I tell you, yeah. he, he, there, you know, there, there had there was a, and I don't pay much attention to Skip Bayless, but Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp ran through his list of kind of transgressions over the course of the last year or so, and man, it's. It's such, it's it's also stupid. It's also stupid things, man. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like it's it's running up into a Footlocker to get into a fight with a manager of a Footlocker uh, because he disrespected his mother, and you know, and, and things like that. It, it just it was on and on of just stupid, stupid things that have gone on, 
and for no reason whatsoever. And he's just kind of destroying his career. And I really hate to see it. And I really do. Well, I hate to see it too because he is a uh, he's a, uh, a generational talent, as we like yeah. to say, uh, without question. But he's got some issues, and how much of that, you know, I don't, I don't, you know more about his, you know, you, you sounds like you know more about his background than I do, but but I know just from what I'm seeing, just from what I'm seeing, I know that um, he, at the very least, is. Street adjacent, whether that's yeah. by situation or by choice, I don't know. Uh, whether it's a family dynamic thing, I don't know. But, uh, you know, and families can be complicated, too, because you can, even though you may be in a two-parent family, if you've got cousins and uncles and others who are hanging out in the streets, you know, you still, that can be a conduit, you yeah. know, to that life as well, so... Uh, you know, I just I hope and pray he pulls it together because he's about to blow the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is going to be a weird transition, uh, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe maybe Alabama's about to blow an opportunity as well. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but this is not one that's uh, that's been a, a short time coming. It's been a long time coming. Uh, and that's uh, I don't know if y'all everybody has seen the stories of Space Command and uh, how the uh, White House is now considering reversing the decision to move it from Colorado to uh, Huntsville. Uh, because, you know, the abortion issue is one, Tuberville is another. Um, and, you know, it's, um, as I, I wrote a column about this, mm-hmm. and and I said, you know, this is, you know, they, they say elections have consequences, and these seem to be our consequences for the elections that we have held, mm-hmm. uh, for the things that we have placed value in, for the disinterest that so many of our voters have in elections in general and politics in general uh, and, and civic engagement in general. Um, this is this seems to be our punishment for this, uh, because now we have Tommy Tuberville and uh, who is every other week doing something just absurd uh, and talking about absurd things and, and saying really racist things and embracing racism, apparently, uh, because yeah. he doesn't understand what words mean. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, we have an abortion law, which the majority, the overwhelming majority of the state disagrees with, yet we still have it in place because of the gerrymandering and disinterest in the voting po- uh, polls or pool, I should say, the voter pool out there that uh, has right now about 30, that is about 30 percent full out of the eligible voters that are in this state, only roughly 30 percent or so participate. Uh, and, and in some cases, it's much lower than that. Um, I want to say in the last midterm election, it was in the 20s. Um, and uh, there are some special elections where 15 percent or less are, are participating in these things. So all of that combined allows for extremism and stupidity and really bad laws and really bad people to get into office. And, you know. Here's the price that we're going to pay is we're about to lose, you know, this space command, which would be situated in Huntsville and probably, uh, according to the studies, a really good situation for it. It was the top rated place for the space command to be uh, positioned. And we're going to lose it because of the politics of this state. Well, and, you know, Tupperville is um, is is, uh, as I think you've already pointed out, is a is a poor reflection of uh, some of uh, 
what I would consider to be the the um, the weak the weakest of Alabama values. You know this, right. you know the abortion thing being a key example, and and the uh, and the love affair that. That 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 I think uh, a lot of white people in our state. I certainly hope not most, but a lot of people, white people in our state, have with white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And if that and if that makes your blood boil or your you know you, you know makes your neck tingle or, or you know prick uh, with with rage, then I just say all you got to do is look at the fact that we continue to revere the Confederacy in this state. And if you don't understand by now that the Confederacy was just the embodiment of white supremacy, then you don't know your history and you yeah. need to you need to look at the documents, the founding documents of that of that failed traitorous government. Mm-hmm. Now having said all of that, having said all of that, I think that one of the, the biggest problems Tupperville has created for us, even beyond those things, because that's that's largely uh, I'm not going to say it's symbolic, but it's because it's more than symbolic. But mm-hmm. but it largely goes to image and perception. Yes. Yeah. But this thing with the military, yep. This thing where he is doing something ostensibly for principled reasons, he would argue, but ultimately, this thing that he's doing by blocking, uh, you know, not only the reimbursement of of money for people who travel to. Um, military people who travel to get abortions, but he's blocking promotions and transfers Mm -hmm. single-handedly. I mean, that's a real problem. Yeah. And, and if I'm looking at that as, um, you know, and I know space command is, I I guess I would say it's sort of at least quasi military, right? If not fully military. Oh, it's military. Yeah, it's a military yeah, installation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interested in fighting, glo- you know, uh, in from space. You know, right? Right. Of just, satellites just out- and all that. Yeah. Right. So it's just outer space. So if I'm the military and I'm looking at what Tupperville is doing right now, that's leaving a bad taste in my mouth. And well, I'm yeah, thinking I don't yeah. want to be in a state with a senator uh, who's doing that to my people. Right. Right. No, it's, you know, and uh, the most, honestly, the most striking thing to me is if I'm the president of the United States and, you know, from my lips to God's ears, um, <laughs> if I'm the president of the United States um, and I look at these states where I'm going to have to put a major military installation, which is what the Space Command is going to be, it's going to be thousands of, of people, uh, you know, that are going to have to go there. They're not going to have any choice. I don't know if, if anybody's familiar with how the military works, but when they send you somewhere, they don't go. Or you could go to this other place. There's no, <laughs> uh, there's no or in there. You know, this is where you're going. Be here by then. Don't be late, or you go to prison. Uh, that's you know, that's basically your choices. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so they're going to come to this state to live. And if I'm the president uh, of the United States, I have to look at this as what is in the best interest of these people who are serving to protect us, who have signed up to volunteer to protect us as, as a country. And, you know, as I wrote in the column, I could not in good conscience say um, that I'm going to send these women that are going to serve to a state where their health care is restricted yeah. uh, based on religious ideology. And that's what, listen, I don't care what you want to boil it down to or anything else. 
That's what this is about. Okay. That's what the abortion issue is about. That's all. Whenever you get into the argument with anybody about this, it's never about law or reason or science. It is always about what matters to God. What Mm -hmm. did God say? What did, what does the Christian God say about this, about life and being precious? And I mean, we forget that he says that, you know, you're, become a person on first breath, but that's okay. Don't worry about Wait, that. what was Let's that you just said? That well, he what? Becomes a person after when you take your first breath. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. and, and so, but, uh, you know, listen, that's early on. There's a lot of things change later. Um, and um, so, that, that, but that's where this is. And as long as and, we and, have... Hey, can we pause for a minute, though? Because sure. I want to make sure that people understand what you just said, because that's actually a... Uh, I think that's a pretty smart point, and I don't hear that brought up very often. You're referring to the book of Genesis, for those mm-hmm. who don't know, the book of Genesis, the first part of the book of Genesis that chronicles, you know, the story of the, you know, the creation story, which mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. familiar with, or hopefully familiar with. And and you're talking about specifically that passage that talks about God breathing the breath of life into Adam, and then Adam becoming what in the King James Version says, a living soul. Right. That's what you're talking about. And so you are making the argument, and I think it's a very good and important argument, that that's when life really begins, with the breath of God being breathed into a person. So can we say that that happens in utero? I don't think so. No, no I don't no, think no. we can say that. Oh, and, I, and, yeah. and, and Josh, I know you're not a religious cat, but let me just say this. You've made an excellent point for somebody who's not a religious cat using the Bible itself <laughs> to explain this thing. And let's go a step further again uh-huh. for clarification for those who may not know. There was never it was there has there still is not uniformity in the Christian world. Right. Let alone the Judeo-Christian world right. uh, or the or the Abrahamic faiths, because let's bring most Islam into that, in, in terms of when life begins. There's not uniform theological thinking on that. And yeah. then one final point, and then and then and then keep going with your other your, your other train of thought. Uh, one final point on what you said. Um, you know, the the uh, it wasn't until I'm trying to remember, I want to say it was was it the seventies? I think it was the seventies, really, uh, when uh, the whole issue of abortion really began to be interpreted in the way that it was interpreted, that that it is currently interpreted. And that was all about politics. It wasn't about theology, because even as late as the 1960s, uh, uh, my recollection is, even up to the 1960s, Josh, the Southern Baptist Convention had what we would describe as a moderate to liberal position on abortion. I would say so, yes. The switch, as I understand it, the switch came because... Jerry Falwell and some of those other uh, guys who ultimately became the religious right and established the religious right as we know it today. Carnival barkers, I believe is the word you're looking for. (coughs) Well, that's certainly one way you could put it. Mm -hmm. They were trying to find a wedge issue. Mm -hmm. They were trying to find a wedge issue to galvanize, and that's what they settled on. They settled on abortion. 
Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, as, uh, I, when you mentioned, uh, when you mentioned Abraham, I was uh, always reminded of the, you know, the, the sanctity of life arguments in the Bob Dylan song, uh, you know, God said to Abraham, kill me a son, you know, it's, uh, near highway 61. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. and, uh, you must be putting me on. Yeah. But, uh, next, Abe, hey, next time you see me, you better run. Yeah. <laughs> Famous. Bob God, where you want yeah. this killing done? Yeah. Uh, but no, it's um, you know, I I I tend to um, I tend to lean more towards science on on this, and not mm. tend to. I do lean lean on the science of this. I believe that we uh, this is another one of those issues that we have drawn lines on very stupidly and 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 hold on to positions um out of emotion and not out of out of sound reason um in in most cases and i believe that there are there there are laws that could be crafted uh for the nation based upon science and what science knows now about um what takes place in the womb and the development of, of a child and all this that would be much more accommodating uh, for everyone, would be much more reasonable for everyone, would allow for um, exceptions, would allow for um, all sorts of different things. And I think would be acceptable to the overwhelming majority of the people in this country. And, and but we, we choose to do it this way because this is the argument, you know, we boiled it down to pro-life and pro-abortion, I guess. But, um, you know, so that's, um, I, I just, I just, to me, it's, it's always been an absurd sort of an argument. Uh, that that we continue to hold on to and cling to is kind of like the the gun debate. You know, it's it's so stupid to me to say, "Oh, look at you, you gun grabber." You know, uh, you want uh, you want gun control, gun control out of this, and gun control has come to mean basically, I don't want you to have guns, which is not what anybody ever really right. says. Right. Uh, and so it just leads to otherwise reasonable people resisting all things that come about because somebody somewhere tells them that it's gun control. Uh, and, and I think this is kind of the same argument, but yeah, Tuberville is using this as uh, as a wedge, uh, and and I honestly, you know, even even he backed away from that somewhat um, in, in recent week, uh, recent days or weeks. I can't remember exactly when he said it, uh, but it, he moved away from using the abortion issue as the reason for why he was holding up the promotions and switched to, oh no no no, I'm doing it because. The military is so top heavy. Well, uh, yeah, you know, I'm really yeah, doing them a favor, yeah. uh, and and it's it's ludicrous. And and you're right. You're you're 100 right in what you say. How can you how can you trust the management of the of this program to a state where this guy is in charge yeah. of things? Um, you know, and then and of course <laughs> Dale Strong, who I'm. I, does that Dale Strong? Mm. Uh, yeah, we we you know Dale Strong, right? I do know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and we've had well, we've been in rooms with with him and mm. and, and heard the conversation. He, he's not a crazy person, and he's this is a, yeah. he, he's playing a role at this point. He's playing a role right now, and and it, and it's I don't understand the end to this role because he's in right now, okay, and he's in in what is quickly becoming a very purple district for him, all right? Because it's going to be dominated over the next 10 years 
by the Huntsville area. I mean, it's already dominated by it, but it's going to become even more so. And they'll probably at some point have to split and put another congressional district in North Alabama somewhere because of how the the, the exploding population of the Huntsville-Madison area. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be that guy over here. And so it seems like it would behoove him to take a more centrist position than the guy who he took the office from in Mo Brooks. Uh, but, I mean, his statement, were, were just, it was such, so stupid. You couldn't even do anything with it. Well, I didn't see anywhere in, uh, in the, the decision on where to place, uh, the criteria for the decision where to place Space Command uh, that, that they uh, took into account late-term abortions. Who the hell is talking about late-term abortions, my man? Do you not even know the state? <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, this is his comment in this whole thing was about how he didn't know the criteria involved uh, politics and late term abortions. It's not. Do you not know the politics of your own state? Do you not know that it's a full ban? That's that's the whole problem. Is that maybe this is the reason why we've got the full ban is they didn't know what the hell they passed. You know, I, I just it's just ludicrous to me. I mean, just come on, man. You know, pay attention. Do do put out something usable. At least be smart. Why why is there such a penalty now for people being smart? I don't understand this. Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, Dale. Let's see. How do I say this? Mm. Uh. You're about to tell me smart ain't his thing, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm trying to I'm trying to find a way to say, uh, uh, yeah. I just I'll say it this way. Uh, uh, I, I've never I never thought that he was a Rhodes Scholar. I'll just say <laughs> it like that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but yeah. but he's never struck me as as being exceptionally savvy it's yeah. just my opinion and you're I, not gonna I, trust him with the long division is that what you're saying well i mean i just you know i i, I don't want to be too cavalier about this because you know he's you know we're all human beings we've all sure. got our 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 weak points and whatever but uh but i just you know um he just never you know there's some people who okay well let me just say it this way uh, you know, I've been in, I've been in the room with Senator and, you know, we talk about him a lot uh-huh. and we really miss him now. Lord Jesus, do we miss him now? But, you know, I've been in the room with Senator Shelby a few times. Right. I've been in the room with Bill Pryor, who's mm-hmm. now a federal judge mm-hmm. a few times. I've been in the room with former Governor Bob Riley a few times. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with the pilot with with ninety to ninety five percent of the politics of any of those guys. Yeah, but I found them to be savvy. Mm-hmm. All of them had uh, a, a, an exceptional level of political savvy. All of them had an above average level of charisma. Mm-hmm. You know that I would describe as positive charisma because there's also negative charisma. That's what Trump has. Trump has negative charisma. All of these guys had positive charisma so that even while I could sit in the room with them and disagree with them 
on on things they were saying. I still found myself respecting them. Yeah. I still found myself, at least in terms of competency, not in terms of policy preferences that I have, but just in terms of baseline competency. I, I found myself thinking, okay, well, at least we're in good hands in that regard. Yeah. May not, yeah. May not agree with them. I'm not going to vote for them. Right. You know, though I, though I will confess I did vote for Bob Riley once. Mm-hmm. And that was after he passed that, uh, or tried to pass that um, Amendment was it one. a billion dollar or $2 billion uh, 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 tax reform package. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the Amendment championed one that his first term deal. as governor. Yeah. After he yeah. did all of that, I was like, I'm voting for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I I, I was a fan of the, the Amendment one as well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that in there somewhere buried in the language also was something that said Bob Riley got to be king forever. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's how savvy the man was. But, uh, you yeah. know, or, or that all the billion dollars somehow went to him and his kids. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, yes, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And, and let me tell you what, what I often what often struck me about it. Uh, about those people like you're talking about, because it's not, you know, they're there. I make fun of the legislature a lot and the Republicans in the legislature even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because of, of kind of what we're talking about here. But um, I'll, I'll say that there are Republicans in the legislature today who are serious people. And that's where I think I kind of draw uh, a distinction is the the serious people and and the non serious people and you, and you know who they are, um, you know the Greg Reeds, the Nathaniel Ledbetters, um, the you know the people like that. Cam Ward was one when he was there for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, Jim Hill is one. Uh, the people that go in, uh, Steve Klaus was another one. Uh, they go in, you never hear of them putting up a stupid stupid bill. You know, uh, of something about you know CRT or something about bathrooms or Confederate monuments. They never have things like that. Their their legislation is always crafted around something to do with economics or criminal justice reform or some major issue that is facing the state. And they go in and they tackle it, often spending hours and hours and hours of their own time to understand the issue, to work with people who are, who are working on that issue for a long time, uh, to understand both sides of it and have a good relationship with the people that are working opposite of them so that both got, both sides have ideas in the legislation and it's more palatable and easier to pass, um, that the, the laws that they pass will pass muster and there's not going to be a federal lawsuit over them. Uh, those type of people, that's who Richard Shelby was. Okay, I mean, it's who Richard Shelby was. That's who I hope Katie Britt is going to end up being. She yeah, seems so, like yeah. she she's on that pathway now. She seems, seems like it. Like it. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but you can tell you who's not. Tommy Barry Tuberville. Moore, Tommy Tuberville. Um, I, I mean, you just run down through the list of of, of what's the guy in the in Carl Jerry Carl. He's not on that list. You know, he's not. Nobody's taking these people seriously. They're not doing anything to mm-hmm. help out. You know, Jerry Carl, people were talking the other day about how South Alabama's gotten squat from the federal government for, you know, the ports and things like down there. Well, who you got looking out for you, my man? You know, you had Richard Shelby engaged and now there's a break in that because while people learn Katie Britt. So who are your representatives that are helping you get that stuff done? You know what? And if nobody takes them seriously, that's a problem for you. Okay. And, and that's what we're doing is we're electing unserious people to handle very serious problems. And then we're surprised when some shit like this goes down. Mm-hmm. 
and we lose space command over politics. Well, it's all politics. When you went to, when you didn't go vote, that was politics. When you said, I don't care about that, that was politics. When you Mm -hmm. thought it was funny that old Coach Tubbs got the, got the new gig in the Senate over that uh, Democrat Doug Jones. (laughs) Well, this is the consequence for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. You played a stupid game and now you've got a stupid person and a stupid prize. So here we go. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what. Speaking of somebody who is very serious, uh, Representative Mary Moore, uh, who yeah. we know well, has been around for a while in the, in the legislature and who, who always cares and studies and does the best that she can do for uh, her constituents and the rest of the state. And uh, we're going to get her on and talk to her for just a few minutes about some stuff that's happening in the legislature and uh, what Democrats are doing to, to help you out, uh, specifically at the doctor's office. So we'll be back in just a minute. Alabama politics this week. If y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Well, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms uh, as well. I forget that Davis and Andrew and guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one. Don't do, don't do that. Just don't, doesn't don't, like that. Don't leave a bad one. Thank you. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week, Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now to have with us uh, uh, Representative Mary Moore. Uh, and first of all, thank you for, for joining us today and, and spending some time. I know y'all are in the midst of session, um, but I, I wanted to talk uh, to you specifically because I know you're, you're, uh, you're big on the health care issues. Um, and, um, and right now, I, I watched yesterday a House Health Committee meeting in which the right. entirety of the meeting was about a bill to define what a woman is. Um, right. And and it was one of the most absurd things that I think I've seen in a while. And at, at a point in it, I mean, very quickly in it, it, it became the ignorance of it was was almost too much to take simply because in a state where there are so many health related issues that are facing the people of this state and 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 so many things that could be done by these lawmakers that were sitting in that room, that they were in the room doing this was it was almost too much to take, wasn't it? It's like it's an insult to the citizens of Alabama that that's what we want to focus on. Uh, on yesterday, we had a bill dealing with pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. And those pregnancy centers would give you the impression that a pregnant woman could go there and get all of the prenatal care that they need, but you can't. The only thing they want you to do in that in that pregnancy center is get counseling. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about uh, doing sonograms, but you need a doctor to read it. You go, they're talking about putting these in places where they can, you, could, you as an individual can 
contribute cash money to these centers. But at the same time, when you look across the state of Alabama, we have far too many counties, more than half of the counties, that do not have any type of health care facility for prenatal care, period. If a woman gets in distress in these counties, they've got to get an ambulance or try to drive to the closest hot place where they have an emergency room. Yet, even talking on that bill, it seems as though there's a disconnect with our people across the aisle when you're talking about the necessity of having health care facilities in all 67 counties mm. and to be able for people to have some type of insurance. That's yeah. why we're facing about 16 more rural counties that's about to close. So what happens when those 16 rural counties close, then that impact all of the rest of the few counties that we have left that's even got a hospital with a small emergency room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is. Um, I mean, the, the, you know, there half the state lacks, uh, you know, a, a female uh, care. Half the state lacks pediatrician care. Um, you know, it, it just at, at this point, you are. Uh, you're doing a, a grave disservice, it seems, to not explore more closely Medicaid expansion. Um, and, and I just don't understand what the holdup is on this uh, from the other side. It's, it's, you know, what, like you said, the feeling that you got listening to that meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling I have to the point that it's like they they don't connect with poor people at all. They don't connect with them because like I explained to them, if you don't want to think about the citizens that need health care and your primary focus is on the bottom line and profit, then look at Medicaid expansion as a job production bill. Right. Where if we, I say, can you imagine already in the federal government keeps trying to be as lenient as possible as they can to give Alabama and a few other states uh, that opportunity? I also say, ask them if they don't feel comfortable with the bill that we introduce each year. We have several southern states. And this year, I think either North or South Carolina pass their their Medicaid expansion. So they could go back and look and see what they did and let us come to the table and reason together. So, Ms. Moore, uh, you know, we've had uh, our friend, uh, State Representative Anthony Daniels, the minority leader on here. Um, I know at least at least uh, the past couple of years at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the session. And Anthony has been and, and I remember in at least a couple of those interviews, Anthony has been pretty optimistic that we were getting closer to Medicaid expansion. He felt like the governor was moving closer to being open to it. And yet it seems as though from from listening to even our conversation with you today, that we're probably going to see this legislative session come to an end without Medicaid expansion or without a special session to do it. What, what is, what's really at the root of the problem here? 
Well, first of all, like I think that what the governor is pretty much speaking about and what it seems as though she's half-heartedly agreed with is the Medicaid expansion plan that Blue Cross has put on the table. And I explained earlier what that plan entails is this. Um, Under the affordable care, uh, there are some people that still could not afford health insurance. But with but they meet some type of criteria that the federal government pays a hundred percent of their premium to Blue Cross and other uh, insurance companies. Blue Cross, if if we pass Medicaid expansion, all of those people will be grouped under Medicaid expansion. So Blue Cross don't want to lose that surprising a little over. 100,000 people that come under that plan where the federal government pays 100% of their premium, which still leaves 300 and some uh, uh, over 300,000 people that still out there without uh, premiums, uh, Medicare, I mean, healthcare insurance, which it seems as though from what I can understand and talking with Blue Cross, they're still not willing to expand Medicaid to cover those 300,000 people. Hmm. Well, my final question is, you know, this is, and I almost hate to bring it up, but, you know, this is Alabama and Alabama politics, and I can't help but wonder, and, and, and it's Alabama politics, at least this question, you know, is rooted mm-hmm. at a time when in Alabama politics, there's no question that race was a factor in the reaction to uh, Obamacare or the Affordable right. Health Care Act. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what's still going on today? Is is race still a factor or is it less of a factor? With, with this Republican Party, it's hard to tell because you've got some Southern states. I, I still think it's a factor, but I think Alabama is a unique place and I think that the the state party is somewhat different from those southern states like Arkansas that has gone ahead and said, "Okay, let us come up with something." Uh, Alabama and 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 the posture that our Republican Party takes is that they really don't care about poor people. I don't mm-hmm. care what color they are. They don't care about them. And when you ask them, well, don't you have poor people in your district? Yeah, but they need to pull themselves up. Well, if I'm poor and I don't even have a rope to pull with, I need some help. Somebody need to give me a helping hand up. So I I think with us, we're so unique. And if you look at the type of bills that they're passing, their their focus is on uh, making sure Women can't get abortions. And like one of the questions I asked about the pregnancy centers that they want to put up. Well, if I'm in a county that don't have any health care facility and you give me the impression that if I get in distress as a pregnant woman and I go to this center, I could get some type of relief. Well, you can't. You still have to call an ambulance to come from a distance to be able to get there to get you, that mother could be in such distress that they don't survive. And it is always 
they don't even consider the life of a mother first. So I think Alabama is unique and it's a lot of it's a lot of factors in here. But I think the bottom line is, is that they are focused on something else other than health care for all. Yeah. You know, it, it seems and, and we'll we'll get you we'll get you out. I really appreciate you spending so much time with us today. But I, I want just one last thing. Um it, it it seems as though in other states there is a political engagement among the voting base uh, that uh, is is really uh, that their voting base is really more politically engaged than ours. Um, and and I think it you is. see that you see that in a number of different places. Uh, one being the abortion yeah. law and and the fact that there's no willingness. Uh, to amend that law to add exceptions for rape or incest. Um, right. Uh, you know, despite the fact that polling clearly shows that the majority of the people, the overwhelming majority of the people of this state oppose it in its current form. Um, and and also with Medicaid expansion, polling here shows that it's it's this way. So do you look, do you think it's it's voter apathy? Do you think it's gerrymandering or do you think it's some combination of the two that, that's really kind of driving this? I think it's the it's a combination of both. And the third factor I would put in there is fear. Mm. People are afraid, and I say that on the floor a lot, they're afraid of this Republican Party and retributions. So I don't want to be caught. It, it, it's a very few people that will stand up in public because if, if anybody else, these people are afraid, and, and the message that this party takes back to them is a message of fear. You, mm. you, don't, you don't want to cross us. Yeah. You know, so it, even in our chamber, it's a message of fear. And people will come to me in my office and close the door and say, I'm with you. Mm. You know, and, and yeah. now with the, so many young people in the chamber, they want to support this, but they're afraid to. Yeah. Because that's of a, rep- retributions. That's a real shame uh, that that fear uh, over this. And I don't even understand the, the fear. It seems like just political fear, but it's a real shame that that's going to hold us back from helping literally th- hundreds of thousands of people uh, every day that are they're just looking for just basic, basic decency is, is really all they're looking yes. for. But, but listen, hey, thank you. I know we had some technical glitches and then one glitch uh, by the host. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that happens from time to time. Sorry, everybody's human. Everybody's human. <laughs> I, I made a mistake, but uh, we got it fixed and you were very accommodating. And, and thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us. I thank you all for just the opportunity for us to get our message out because I think so many people don't know the inside story. And if we could start getting that out more, we could help them with their knowledge base. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that and very well said. Uh, Thank you. That is Representative Mary Moore spending some time with us. And, uh, you know, there's nobody better. There really isn't anybody better. And uh, and she has uh, she's done great work for this state and uh, and she's deserving of the position. I wish we had a hundred more like her uh, in the in the state house. We would be so much better off. But uh, we're going to slide out. We'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up in just a minute. Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute.
If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. And I uh, appreciate Mary Moore being on with us for a little bit. Uh, so if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get you there. Um, and, you know, leave us a comment every now and then on the, uh, or, you know, rate us, review us, do whatever you need to do to help us out. Uh, or, you know what? Just send us money. OK, just send us. Uh, if you'd like to do that, we can you know, let us know. Send us an email. Let us know you'd like to send money and we'll we'll give you the Venmo or something. OK, we'll make up a Venmo. Um, all right. Let's uh, you know, just I read a story recently about uh, I think it was earlier today. As a matter of fact, my hours run together um, about Katie Britt and Tommy Tuberville. Uh, wanting earmarks, you know, in the budget uh, for things to come back to uh, to Alabama, and and them talking about how these federal dollars should come back to Alabama and not be spent on projects in New York and California. Uh, um, excuse me, but New York and California are the ones paying the federal dollars. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but we are a welfare state. If you have not, if you're not aware. Yeah. Uh, a very heavily welfare state, uh, but uh, it just it just sometimes the because uh, you know and this is the other thing about the the disengaged voters that, that they know they don't know you know they know that you don't know and so that's the reason why they say stupid things like that that are patently false uh, and and misleading and it's just ridiculous to me that we we continue down this uh, this this pathway with these folks and and that folks see it every day and they don't learn any more than they did the day before or they just act like ah well it'll all work itself out it won't it'll be right. this this is what we'll be uh, right. all right um, but what, but but I think what you're talking about is important and and that's that's the uh, that's what makes uh, not only those you know, that position that they took kind of laughable. But even when you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about, uh, you know, uh, creating a red state America or whatever she was talking about, dividing the America up into red and blue. You know, if you did that, uh, the red states would be in trouble, you know, because they're the ones that are taking out more. And that which is what you just said, basically, they're taking out more uh, federal dollars than they're paying in. Yep. And um, and then let's not even for let's not even get into when there's a natural disaster, mm-hmm. you know, w- what's going to happen then? I mean, so, yeah, it's a, it's a ludicrous argument. But but people uh, but politicians get away with that stuff because people don't know the facts. Yeah, it's a they want they create a red state America. They better hope that there's no tornado uh, yeah. because whew, ain't nobody replacing those trailers. And yeah. so. It's uh, it's going to be a tough time. And taxes would go up then for sure. Yeah, they have to. Absolutely, they would because yeah, property uh, taxes would go up. I think as as John Oliver once noted, Alabama the state has as many bridge inspectors as Alabama the band. Um, so <laughs> that's it's, sad. Yeah, and scary. It's yeah, very scary. right. Right. Um, you know, one one thing we wanted to, to touch on was um, there was a, a march 
this this week, a rally at the state house and um, and over to the Capitol and uh, up to the Supreme Court building as well. Um, and uh, it was for LGBTQ rights mm-hmm. and uh, you know and to bring some attention to uh, some of the. You know, you hate at this point the the right has so overused the word attack that it's it's you know you almost feel silly at times saying attacks, but that's what it is. It's a you know when there are legitimate attacks on on people, I guess you sh- you should say that, and that's what's taking place with with a lot of these bills that that do attack um, you know, folks on the LGBTQ list of folks. I mean, it's just a um, you know. Every other day, it's something about trans this or trans that. Today, and, and if it's okay with you, we could also tie in here our right wing nut of the week because I was going to sure. make uh, uh, Susan Bose our right wing nut of the week. She's the one okay. that is pushing the uh, what is a woman bill. Mm. Uh, yeah, she was also behind some transgender uh, nonsense earlier Why in the session. Why is she even well. wasting time with that? I mean, what? Well, she's from Shelby County, and as we all know, things are perfect there. Um, you know, uh, but so yes, uh, you know, today they had a whole hearing and it was, it's, that's, you know, let me tell you, man, what you just said is it's so, the, it so encapsulates the feeling that I get five minutes into the debate over a bill like this. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like, this is such a waste of time. What are you doing? I mean, and it was, you know, defining a woman and, you know, and they had a variety of people. There was one uh, biologist that, that was there, uh, you know, had a degree in biology and stuff. And so, you know, y'all are, you, you don't, this bill is, is fundamentally flawed. You don't even have a, a basic understanding of what, uh, of how biology is defined in the scientific world and, and what this is going to do. You're like, okay, so are you telling me now of somebody like me, because this was a transgender person and it looked like a, a woman, it was a woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's like, so now you're going to tell me that I have to put on my driver's license mail. Is that what you're saying? So when I get pulled over, what questions am I going to have to answer from the police? You know, mm. what's that going to lead? How is that going to help? And let's say I'm a suspect for a crime. How is that going to help? How is this going to help anything? Are you going to force me to go to the men's restroom? Are you going to force me to go to men's prison? That's what mm. you're going to do, mm. you know? And and that's and that's I think again it's, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the abortion issue. Is there's a scientific interest in this? Okay, there there is science that is involved here that we could lean on to do this the right way. But it would remove some of the scare tactics and all this other stuff and the, oh, my God, look at the weirdos uh, ideas out of this stuff, you know. And that's what they're doing. And you know that's what they're doing because we hear it. And, oh, can you believe these people? Look at them, you know. And and so that's what they want is is they're basically bullies in class. Yeah, that that are that are now in the legislature and they're still leaning on that same nonsense to gain popularity. Yeah, I just don't understand the the fixation that people have with trying to codify this stuff through law, you know, and yeah. public policy. I mean, if a church or a synagogue or a mosque wants to take some kind of a theological, you know, position on gender or gender preference or sexual preference, fine, you know, fine. But but why is it? What what's the obsession with trying to to force society to subscribe to 
one point of view or another. Just let people be. You yeah. know, this was supposed to be the land of the free, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's not it's not that anymore if we're if we're telling people that they don't have the right to self-determination unless it fits our political agenda. Right. Right. And I don't you know, and this this deal about you know, we we both kind of express some um some hesitancy at times about some of the stuff to do with athletics and things like that. Uh, but, you know, I, when we talked about that a- afterwards, you know, I kind of went and read through what the NCAA does, what, uh, you know, various high school athletic associations do and and kind of the reviews and safeguards that are in place that are uh, this is going to blow your mind based on science and, and what doctors say about where people are. And, you know, the transition process where they are with certain hormones and testosterone levels and things like that that are tested, you know, through blood tests and whatnot. And so why? Yeah. Again, why are you so interested if these if these programs have these things in place to make sure that these people are protected like you claim to want? Then why are you doing it? And I think we know why we know why they're doing it. It's a. It's a it's a phony issue. It's a scare yep. tactic. It's something to to gin up these people that don't know any better. Your average Joe citizen out here that's up at seven, taking the kids to school, uh, you know, working all day, coming home, watching a little TV and going to bed to do it all over the next day. Folks that don't have time to study all these other issues. And some way, somewhere tells them on Facebook that their little girl is going to be playing baseball with a boy soon if they don't do something about it. And that's the whole reason behind this. And. And the, the other thing is, is this is such a winning issue for Republicans because there are so few transgender people in the country. All right. There are I mean, it is a tiny, tiny percentage, yeah. which means there is no uh, there, there's no organization really out there uh, with enough funds and with enough money uh, to to overcome the oddity. And I don't mean that in the people. So don't need yeah. to get all upset. Yeah. I don't mean that in the people. I mean yeah. that in terms of you. Know, when, whenever you're not used to seeing somebody who is a certain way, uh, as a certain person who's living their life a certain way, um, then it is an oddity to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, because most people don't have those experiences, it's very easy for somebody to come in and prey upon that lack of knowledge. And that's exactly what's taking place with these. It's a, it's a perfect thing because they can't fight back. And it's this great boogeyman that, I mean, what there are, there were 32 instances of a transgender athlete competing in NCAA regulated competition in the past five years. Mm-hmm. That's out of 480,000 athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's um, it's definitely an exploitable issue, um, and they, and they they definitely know that it that it taps into the fears that a lot of people have. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, going back to something we talked about in the first segment. A lot of it is religious based. You know, yeah. this there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion and fear about gender and 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 sex orientation or sexual orientation. Because of uh, religious beliefs. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. I found out, now I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, as I've said before, and I found out that uh, my denomination actually takes, it's, it's very conservative when it comes to 
um, things like same-sex marriage and right. gay rights and so forth, you know, which puts me at odds with my denomination because I'm extremely liberal on those issues. Mm-hmm. But but I found out that when it comes to trans, the transgender issue, uh, at least the last thing I was told and read, uh, my denomination takes a much uh, more, I'll say, tolerant view because they're acknowledging the fact and when I say they, I mean the the people that, you know, that uh, are behind pushing the doctrines and the policies and so forth. They they understand that there's a scientific uh, dimension to this, a, a clinical and scientific dimension to this that has to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And and I and I want to bring this up right now. Um, and again, I'm no scientist, as we all know, but. But it only takes a little bit of common sense to think about it. So we know for a fact that there are children who are born with, you know, in some cases with male and female genitalia. Right. You know, that's an oddity you, to use the mm-hmm. words you used earlier. It's an oddity or a novelty. And so that puts the doctors in the unfortunate position of having to make a decision about which set of genitalia that child is going to have. Mm-hmm. So now let's fast forward 10 years, 15 years. That child is trying to figure out, that child who's now a preteen or a teenager, is trying to figure out why they don't feel like they're a boy, right? even though they've got the body of a boy and the anatomy of a boy. Yeah. Put yourself in that person's position. Put yourself in that pa- in the position of those parents, you know. And we're thinking it's all well. They're immoral, or they're sinful, or they're not. no, no. They are they are the byproduct of a genetic anomaly that that placed them in a and their doctor in a very precarious situation, and now it has complicated their life. Yes. You know, that's what it is. Instead of being judgmental, instead of being judgmental and 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 punitive, trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, damn them to hell, we should be sympathetic to people who are wrestling with these issues. Yes. Yes. I don't understand it. I don't understand about the lack of caring and compassion and um, and the the, just this. I want to say stupid, but the. The really ignorant, maybe that's a better word, ignorant, the really ignorant approach that is often taken to these issues mm-hmm. in which that they assign some sort of nefarious behavior to it, that the parents wanted this to happen. That they're just, they're pushing for this. Or that, you know, well, you just need to do this. You know, the judgmental, you know, sort of mindset of things and not, hey, I wonder what's going on there. Or or even, you know, not in my business. That's not mm-hmm. my business over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those folks aren't hurting anybody. and Which would be the easiest thing. Yes. Right? Yes, it would be the easiest thing, yeah. and, you know, and, and this idea that somehow these parents are scarring these kids uh, forever by doing this is, is so ludicrous. If you understood, even if you read just a pamphlet 
on what goes into the these sort of diagnoses and the, and the treatments and the things that happen over the course of years years to get these kids to where they are sustainable and happy and to listen to their parents who you know were up for night on after night after night worrying about these kids and the state of depression that they were in and have now seen them bounce out of that and bounce back to becoming the happy kids that they once knew when they were younger and to listen to them talk about that and the idea that you would come in not knowing shit and try to take that away because you watched Tucker Carlson one night or some nonsense is so hateful and so wrong and and just honestly it's evil it really is an evil position to take and you know all you've got to do is leave people alone just leave them alone these are these are people working with doctors with medical doctors leave them alone it's not hard yeah, yeah. <sighs> but you know here we are um and you know and lastly before we slide out of here um I wanted to touch on one other thing because there have been a lot of talk in this Republican legislature and in this Republican state about election integrity over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, and we've done a lot of things, passed a lot of bills, trying to keep the, uh, the voting machines unplugged from the wall. Nobody can get near it with a Bluetooth device. Uh, you know, we're going to all paper ballots. We're going to count it this way and count it that. We're selling out to the My Pillow guy. Uh, all sorts of things about election integrity. And we're still not sure this Biden character is really president. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, we've uh, got a guy who pretty clearly committed election fraud. Yeah. Pretty clearly committed election fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And that's David Cole, representative from House District 10, who is currently going through. I may still be going through a deposition as we speak because we recorded this week on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, and uh, David Cole was going through a lengthy deposition with uh, with attorneys representing Elijah Boyd, who's the Libertarian candidate in that race, and filed an election challenge claiming that Cole did not live in his district. Um, Cole does not live in that district. Okay, I've been by his house. <laughs> he doesn't live in District 10. He still resides in District 4. Is it right across the line? It most certainly is. Was it once in District 10? It certainly was. That is not the law. All right. The law says you were supposed to live in the district in which you're running to represent a year prior to actually the, the election taking place. Mm -hmm. And David Cole did not. He tried instead to use a friend's address, a family friend. Uh, and I'm told today at the deposition, he said he couldn't remember if he ever slept at that house or not. Uh, oh, and, yeah. Hmm. So so uh, he never hmm. lived there. Not not for an hour did he live at this other house. He lived hmm. in District 4 the entirety of the time, still lives there. And he violated the laws. He violated the laws. He should not be in office. They should, you know, they should boot him out of office. They should hold a special election and elect somebody else. And if David Cole wants to run again, you know, move to District 10 and run again. Right. Right. Uh, but as it was, he didn't. And it just... The absurdity of this. And and along the way, his Republican friends tried to bail him out of this. That's surprising. That's surprising. Language in a bill that basically done away with the election challenge. Mm -hmm. that, that surprises me because it's not like, 
you know, if he were booted out, it's not like a Democrat was going to be appointed to that position. Right. Um, I mean, they, I they, mean, there's a good chance that one could win. Well, but it, but that would be, but wouldn't that still be like um, at the end of the term? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't the governor appoint a replacement? Tell, tell me how. No, no, no. So what, what, what would happen is is okay. that seat would remain vacant if he gets booted out. So, but here, okay. so here's where we are right now. So, um, right. let me explain where we are, and I think maybe that'll help to be to get to where we're going. All right. So, okay. what what took place is they filed the election challenge in the Madison County Court uh, Circuit Court. And then there was a whole fight about whether the circuit court was supposed to manage the case before it is ultimately sent to the House uh, of Representatives to to decide the you know the election challenge. And so that's what's taking place right now. The the deposition is still mm-hmm. part of the court's responsibility. Once it is completed, they'll collect all the records that, that they have gotten. You know his the stuff about where he lives and tax records and all this and the deposition transcript. They'll forward all of that to the clerk of the house. The clerk of the house. Will distribute that out to the members of the of the House of Representatives. Uh, they will review it, and then they there will be. I assume there's going to be a hearing in the House about David about the election challenge to David Cole, and at that point they will vote and determine whether or not he can remain in office or he'll have to leave. If they vote that he violated the laws and he has to leave office, which I I'm surely to God, these people cannot ignore the law to this degree, but we'll see. Um, And if he is, if he has to leave office, then uh, he that office would be vacant and Kayabi would set a special election date for at least 90 days in the future. Um, And in 90 days, there would be a special election held to fill that seat. Uh, or there would be a special uh, primary election. Then uh, then there would be uh, the general election. After that, so uh, so it would be sometimes whoever that would uh, is elected to that seat would be seated prior to the next legislative session, which would take place next year, I believe, starting in April. Um, so so that you know they're going to finish out this session regardless without him because there's only seven days left, and um, and then you know it'll be up to to them to determine what to do for next year. So. I mean, I I don't know a lot about that district. What what's the likelihood that a Democrat would be elected? Well, you know, Marilyn Lands ran in that, and mm-hmm. she was uh, the assistant for a long time to Ball, yeah, uh, Mike Ball, and yeah. and and she had his endorsement. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, they felt like that that was a winnable district. Uh, yeah. and, and that they were, they were going to do okay. I think that they would have, if not for, uh, the straight ticket voting. Um, and I would be really interested to see, and I think this is a fear of theirs of what would happen if it were just a special election race, uh, mm. and whether or not turnout would be significantly higher among Democrats uh, at that point, uh, that if there wasn't a presidential race on the ballot, if there wasn't some other races on the ballot to draw them uh, to draw out some Republicans, especially if it were to be David Cole rerunning for that seat right. or somebody that nobody else has really heard of. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'd heard some talk about some people who it might be. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think they're just kind of waiting now to see what's going to take place. And, you know, there, I think there is a, a general belief, uh, at least right now, that the Republicans are going to figure out a way to kind of let David Cole skate on this. Uh, you know, they've already tried this 
Uh, well, you know, he was certified. Why did y'all wait so long to file the, you know, the challenge and sort of deal? And, you know, it didn't make any sense. But um, it's, uh, we'll see, I guess. We'll see what happens. Well, you know, I know Maryland and I, and I know because I was, I was, uh, at that point, I was deeply involved in, in local uh, Democratic, Democratic Party politics. I know that the mm-hmm. expectation was, that she was going to be competitive, uh, yeah. but but she didn't win. Just like right. a just like you know, really no Democrat won actually. Right. You yeah. know, so yeah. that's why I'm asking. You know, what's the you know even with that possibility? Now you raise an interesting question, which is a, a special election has a different kind of tone to it. Yeah. Uh, the turnout is probably going to be significantly lower. So there's some other mm-hmm. variables in there that make it kind of maybe, maybe might give a Democrat more of a chance. And of course, yeah. we do know, as you said earlier, this this uh, this part of the state is trending toward purple. But mm-hmm. I don't know if we're there yet. And no, no. And, and that district, especially, you know, yeah. I think that district is, uh, you know, it's a it's a high education district, which yeah. always helps Democrats. Um, and and um, you, you know, I don't know. I yeah. think that there were some signs. I, I'll tell you this, you know, that that referendum on the um, uh, on the city manager government. Um, I I don't know. I, I think that that is but a, a failed, signal though. of. Oh, right. Yes, it did. Well, it failed because it, that was a progressive fail. Uh, you know, that was they, they were the that was that was going to cut into representation. You know, the NAACP was was uh, way against. Yeah, that. No. You know, they, they held a they held a, yeah. a rally the day before. And I mean, it failed spectacularly. So you're OK. And, so you're saying you think that's evidence of a, of a progressive uh, sort of tone. I, I, to I the think vote. that I, what I think it is, is, is it signals that progressives in this area are you can get them out to the polls in a non-presidential general election race uh, or vote. And I think that bodes well for whoever runs. If there, if there is a special election, that would bode now, very well for the Democrat. I follow your logic, but I'm going to push back just a little bit with okay. this. I think the problem, the variable is that the, just like the statewide Democratic Party has had has having some very serious issues, the Madison County Democratic Party is also uh, not is has also had some turmoil of late. Now I don't things may be I've I've heard because I'm no longer I'm no longer involved with the party. I had to step away from it. It was just too much. To me, it was just too much mess. Honestly, right. I just I'm like right. man, I'm trying to. You know, I'm fighting to keep a business uh, on track. I, I can't expend that energy that way. And so, um, you know, I had to step away. But, you know, my the sense I get is that it's stabilizing somewhat, but it's still not there yet. So I wonder if in a partisan race, if the apparatus is there to really, even with the variables that we talked about, to take advantage yeah. of that and push a good candidate like Marilyn Lands or somebody else over the yeah. finish line. I'm just not sure. I'm oh, I'm not sure either. And we we both know the the apparatus issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we know that well. Uh, and yeah. we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll probably have more on apparatus issues in the coming episodes of this podcast, but, uh, uh, you know, but yeah, I know you listen, that's always a fair point when you're talking about uh, the Alabama democratic party and even down to the, you know, to the County level, uh, in certain instances. And I'm not, I'm unfamiliar with, with the Madison County Democrats as a whole. Uh, my wife has done some stuff in the past with the, you know, the Madison County women, uh, mm. you know, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I just, uh, you looked at that and you think, well, you know, may, maybe there's a shot. Uh, listen, all you're looking for is a shot, right? Just looking for, for one shot. Right. And, and, but mainly what you're looking for is people to follow the damn law. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just follow the law. And this person mm-hmm. did not follow the law. And that's pretty mm-hmm. simple. Okay. That's mm-hmm. pretty simple. So, all right, we're going to follow the laws of uh, of our producer and get out of here before he has to do too much. Uh, and uh, and really, we've we've given y'all enough for this week, uh, and and really for next week too. But we're going to come back next week and do another show just you know, because we're we're like that. We're giving. <laughs> All right, until then, y'all be safe out there. All right, peace. <laughs>